So lately, there's a, a, a major turn from labeling things as wrong or as sin. We as persons and as a nation have turned from right and wrong. We have made acceptable that which God says is unacceptable, and we have labeled it different than it's ever been labeled before with more pleasant-sounding or least condemning words. We have turned the law of God from an absolute into pleasantries, emotions, and feelings. We are seeing things so wicked right now in this world that even 10 years ago, we thought would never be legislated, let alone be spoken out loud. There is a price for sin, and there is a debt to be paid, and there will be a due date for the sin. The nation of Israel in the Old Testament, they paid for their sin. Many times over, they paid for their sin, whether by the nation or the individual, there was a price to be paid. As we saw this morning, Manasseh paid for his sin by having to go into captivity. We saw that. But then the nation of Israel also paid by his, for his sin by having to go into captivity too. So the, the nation of Israel often paid a price, whether it's for one man's sin or for the whole. David, David paid a price for his sin that affected his family for generations. But Israel paid a price for David's sin by having a plague descend upon him for three days for David's sin. Just as revival starts with one person, so too does a general backsliding start with one. It really does. The personal price paid for sin, paid for sin by one, can be very great and affect just a few. It can, uh, and a few is being relative to the overall populace. It enacts a terrible price, or it exacts a terrible price, whether on the person or the generations that followed. David's family, because of his sin, was going to live by the sword for the rest of their time. He, David was a man of the sword. God said, the sword will rule your family. Saul, Saul paid a price for his sin. It ended his family's reign with him. It ended his family's reign, and it cost all of his immediate family, their lives because of his sin. It affects you, your children, those around you, and those that come after you. Sin is an act that has a ripple effect and will affect many, some unintended, some intended. How many times do you make a decision and you are the only one affected by that decision? None. Let's say you make a momentary decision to go out and cheat on your husband. It's not just you that pays for that price. Cheat on your wife. It's not just you that pays for your price. That steal from work. It's not just you that pays that price. The actions of a few moments can affect years and years of your life. It can affect your peace of mind, your health, your overall mental attitude, your finances, and your home. One single solitary moment can bring total ruin because of sin. So this is where we're at today. The thought of one person bringing down ruin and defeat on a nation. The disobedience of one can make a people face defeat and ruin. Joshua 7.1 But the children of Israel committed a trespass in the accursed thing. 
For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed thing, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. Notice it doesn't say it was kindled against Achan. The anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. And Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is, which is beside Beth Haven, on the east side of Bethel, and spake unto them, saying, Go up, view the country. And the men went up and viewed Ai. And they returned to Joshua and said unto him, Let not all the people go, but let about two or three thousand men go up and smite Ai, and make not all the people to labor thither, for they are but few. So there went up thither of the people about three thousand men, and they fled before the men of Ai. And the men of Ai smote them, about thirty and six men, for they chased them from before the gate, even unto Shebarim, and smote them into going down, wherefore the hearts of the people melted and became as water. Achan sinned. The nation of Israel had just seen a major city in Jericho, a major city taken. The walls fell out at the command of God. They had just seen this. A nation whose prowess because of Jericho was now noised throughout the land. A nation whose God is the Lord God Jehovah. That nation's sin felt defeat and now they have fear when they had just had so many victories. A nation felt the pain of defeat. They lost 36 men in a battle they should have won handily. 36 men lost their lives. Husbands and sons became dead because of one man's sin. One man, Achan, saw things. He coveted those things, took those things. He knew he had done wrong. How do we know that? Because he buried the items in his tent. If you've done something right, you don't go home and bury the items in the tent and then cover it up, do you? No. You only do that if it's wrong. No one hides things unless they know it's wrong. So what price did Achan pay? Oh. Joshua 7.24 And Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan the son of Zerah and the silver and the garment and the wedge of gold and his sons and his daughters and his oxen, his asses, his sheep, his tent, all that he had and they brought them unto the valley of Achor. And Joshua said, Why hast thou troubled us? The Lord shall trouble thee this day. And Israel stoned him with stones, and burned them with fire, after they had stoned them with stones. Every animal he owned, everything he stole, his wife, his sons, his daughters, everything destroyed, destroyed, because of Achan's sin. The nation was defeated in battle. All that he owned, his family, his sons, and his daughters, all killed. All for one moment of weakness. One moment of sin. God told them, when you take this place, do not touch anything. Don't, don't take anything from them. No, no gold, no silver, no, no loot, no plundering, nothing. Achan sinned. The sin of one man laid a, no, a nation low. 
the sin of one man erased an entire family from history. The sin of one man affected thousands. Well, you say, well, only 36 were killed. That's right. Only 36 were killed. Moms no longer had husbands or sons. Daughters, little girls lost their fathers. An entire nation is now afraid of a small village that affected thousands. The sin of one hand or woman can affect many, and it will never bring a positive effect. Sin will never bring a positive effect into anybody's life, except maybe as an example years later. That's it. Sin only brings destruction. Sin brings death. It brings despair. It brings worry that you're going to get caught. It brings sadness when you do get caught. It brings pain and humiliation for those around you that see you go into this. This is where we are at in this world today. Sin, like a cancer, is eating away at the national collective because we do not confess it. Now, what is the collective? Well, the collective is the whole. Sin is not an individual. Sin is on the collective. We do not recognize it as a, as a collective because of the individual. And now God is insulted by us sinning. Just like he was with the children of Israel over Achan's sin. God does not stand for this stuff. The men and women of this nation have allowed sin in. The Christians have allowed sin in. We have made it okay. We laugh at it on TV. We joke about it. We turn a blind eye to it, which is the same as condoning it. We walk beside it, talk to it, and never once do we take a stand against sin. We don't. As Christians, we just, oh, well, that's them. No, it's God's standard. It has to be. We do not see it as God sees it and denounce it. Let me be clear on this one point. Condoning sin, turning a blind eye to sin, rationalizing sin, smiling at sin is the same as doing it. The children of Israel paid a price because they didn't call Achan out on a sin. I don't even know that they knew about it. I mean, of course, he's got to carry all that stuff from one place to another. He's got to take it home, burying his tent. I'm sure somebody knew something somewhere, but nobody called him on it until God called him on it. And an entire nation paid a price. Tolerance of sin is what is wrong with us today. We have watered down the gospel. We have watered down the sin. We have watered down the standards. We have watered down the coming judgment until it is now a joke among the world. You hear them, oh, Jesus is coming, but they say it jokingly. It's not a joke when the God of the heavens is being mocked because of us. We have failed God by not standing firm on His Word. We have failed this world by, not, by allowing it to get to this state. We have failed our children by not teaching them right from wrong. We have failed ourselves by not hiding in his word our by not hiding his word in our hearts that we might not sin against him we have failed in every way possible and yet we look at ourselves in the mirror and we say boy i'm a good person 
Well, I want you to look in the mirror and ask yourself, am I right with God? And most of us overwhelmingly are going to say, well, yeah, I'm right with God. Then get on your knees and ask God, am I right with you? See what he says. Let's make sure we're in agreement with him on that one. He won't sugarcoat or cast your actions in a favorable light. If you truly, honestly get on your knees and you ask him, Lord, am I right with you? And you search for his actual answer. He's going to tell you. He's going to show you. He will speak the truth if we are willing to hear it. That's the key point. No matter if you say you have or if you say you have not, we as a people are responsible for our nation. Whether we turn a blind eye to sin, whether we haven't, we as a people are responsible for this nation. The leaders are only there because we voted for them. If you voted, then you are responsible for this nation. God speaks the truth. What have we done with that truth? What have we done with that? Have we voted His standards? Have we led by His standards? Have we lived by His standards? Nothing in this nation happened that we, the Christian, did not allow. Whether consciously or not, we allowed it. All that has gone on in this nation, past and present, is our fault. Our silence is the greatest sin. You say, we haven't been silent. The pastor preaches every Sunday from the pulpit. You can see it on TV and radio. Really, can you? they got to go out and search for it. How many Christians go out and search for it on TV and radio? Not many. No. We have set the word out, yeah, but only in certain places where they have to come to us. We don't go to them anymore. We don't voice our opinion with them anymore for fear of offending. We have allowed the world to silence us, to marginalize us to a certain time and a certain place. We have failed the Monday through Saturday people, not the ones that go to church on Sunday, but the Monday through Saturday people we have failed by allowing the world to silence us. The whole nation of Israel paid a price for Achan's sin. Achan disobeyed God. He took of the stolen, he stole some goods from the thing. He took them home. He buried them in his tent. And Israel paid a price. No nation that allows sin will not pay a price. It's not. As a nation, as an individual, we have sin. And there is a price to pay. We, we need to get on our knees and figure it out before we have to pay that price. I, 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 